this is something i did in the early days as well you can be a little bit more maybe submissive than you should be uh, uh i think as long as you go in with you know a certain swagger and an arrogance of course you need to balance it with humility and and know when you're completely wrong um uh but if you can go into things with a certain uh sort of uh i guess headstrong attitude then people will sort of step back and be like okay this guy is serious you know and he's going to stop Hello and welcome to the 6th episode of Grit, a show about persevering and betting on your dreams. I'm Aki Vora and in this show I have conversations with some incredible Indians who have gone against the grain and are catalyzing change in India. On today's episode I interview Nihal Mariwala, the founder of Setu, a company that produces vitamin and mineral supplements. Setu is revolutionizing the preventive healthcare space in India and Nihal took time out to tell me about how he built the company. the nature of the nutrition supplement industry in india and how we can take ownership of our own health if you enjoy our podcast please take a moment to subscribe rate and review it helps us a lot you can also follow us along on instagram at @gritbyakivora college maybe would be a good place to start and sure yeah and how you got interested in health care Yeah college is definitely a good place to start uh, I think um so I actually studied political science and history uh I went to Cornell uh I uh studied uh, I did sort of more of the the like econ business uh, uh you know econ commerce accounts like that type of thing uh, in school when I was in cathedral um and uh I did feel at the time that I wanted to do uh, maybe economics in in college, um, uh, and and or maybe business. I actually started off as an undergraduate business uh, major, uh, and uh, I spent a, a semester doing it, and I absolutely hated it uh, because I did feel like I did feel like everything that I was being taught uh, was something that I would inevitably learn uh, on the job. uh whatever i did when i graduated uh you know so i had an intro to accounting class and i had an intro to uh marketing class and i just felt like all of it was so it definitely did not seem like it was worth the amount of money that i was spending on college at the time uh and so i kind of took a step back and i said you know what am i really interested in uh and what is worth uh uh going out of my way to you know thousands of miles away to to ethica and spending a good amount of my parents money uh what would be worth uh spending spending my time and money on uh and i have always been really interested in sort of you know international relations economics uh uh me international business uh politics uh and history um and so i switched instead uh, i switched from the college of business into uh the college of arts and sciences which was like nobody ever did that everyone was going the other way i was like the one person uh that i guess opened up a space in in the business program for the people that were trying to transfer in um and uh i for my second semester effectively i was in the college of arts and sciences and i was studying political science and government and history a government's what's what the degree is called like um and uh i had no clue what i wanted to do uh i um uh, my family uh is i guess what you would call you know sort of a business family in the sense that it, you know everyone has 
has sort of started and, and run their own businesses. It's not, uh, it's not the type of family where, where everyone is involved in the same business, um, uh, but everyone's sort of done their own thing. Uh, by and large, they've all been businessmen or entrepreneurs or businesswomen. Um, and so that was always sort of at the back of my mind. And I had been in and around my dad's business for a long time, uh, even before I went to college. Uh, I, I spent a good amount of time with my dad uh, in and around his business, uh, which at the time was in, um, in spices uh, and, and uh, food flavorings uh, and fragrances as well. And I come back to that in sort of the Setu story uh, also. Uh, but yes, so what I, what I, what I, what I did was, you know, I, I sort of dove headfirst into, into the liberal arts program at Cornell. I uh, spent a summer, uh, I spent six, uh, my first summer I spent uh, working at a think tank here in Bombay called Gateway House. Um, uh, and, and then not my first summer, my second, my second summer. Uh, and then my, my, the summer between uh, junior and senior year, uh, I interned at a non-profit uh, in uh, New York uh, called Endeavor. Um, and they do a lot of work around sort of trying to help uh, entrepreneurs in, in, in developing economies uh, essentially build a network and like scale up to uh, that network uh, and having access to a broader global network of entrepreneurs as well. Uh, so at the time that I was there, they were doing a lot of work on uh, New, York, uh, New York City and how it has sort of blown up as a, as a, as a tech startup uh, ecosystem in the same period, which I guess is 2010 to 2014. Um, and what they were trying to do was map connections, basically. Uh, and so I spent a lot of my time just interviewing entrepreneurs, but other entrepreneurs that they knew uh, and literally creating a physical map of, of all of these connections. Um, and uh, it was kind of cool because I guess the idea was uh, if that can happen in New York, uh, how do we build an environment that allows that to happen in you know, Buenos Aires or, or, or somewhere else in the world? Uh, and so I spent some time there, but I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it was also not uh, uh, necessarily the most uh, fulfilling work. Uh, what I realized when I was talking to a lot of these people is, hey, these guys are really cool. Like I would like to do what they're doing potentially. So I spoke to, you know, I spoke to people that, uh, I spoke to the, you know, the people, some of the people at Guild Group, uh, I spoke to some of the people at Bonobos. I spoke to, you know, sort of just a wide range of people uh, who were all doing exciting stuff in New York at the time. Um, and, I, and, and, and that's when I sort of started to think about, you know, what, uh, I had to think about what do I want to do after college because I only had a year left. Uh, and I sort of meandered through uh, senior year, again, trying to figure out what I want to do, uh, applying and interviewing at a bunch of random jobs. I, I interviewed... Uh, and got offered a job as a as a college counselor at at some firm in Singapore. I uh, I didn't want. I knew I didn't want to do anything in in banking or finance, uh, and I knew I didn't want to necessarily do uh, something in in the sort of uh, big uh, consulting companies. Uh, and I didn't want to go through that whole sort of interview process. Uh, I want to have a good time my senior year, and and but but also. Uh, enjoy doing what I did, which was, you know, taking my classes on, on political science and history and stuff like that, not get caught up in sort of the whole in, interviewing, recruiting uh, grind. Uh, uh, but of course, what ended up happening is I didn't have a job at the end when I graduated from college. Uh, and so I was playing around with ideas and I knew I wanted to make use of the fact that I had a year left on my visa. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I had a chat with my dad. Uh, 
And at the time, uh, what my dad had done is uh, had, had pivoted part of his business. Uh, and this is sort of the backstory to Setu as well. Uh, he had pivoted part of his business and set up a, a, a he had a, a, an office and a team uh, and, a, and a partner uh, in, in the US, in New York. Uh, and so he said, why don't, you know, he always wanted me to come and, and, and either work for him or do something my own. Uh, so he said, why don't you, why don't you work for, uh, this guy who's my partner, who's based in the U S uh, you're, so you're still involved in the, in, in the business, uh, but you're not too close to me, which was one of my concerns at the time. Um, and, uh, uh, and so that's, that's how I ended up with my, with my first job. Uh, it was cool because it, I worked for, uh, someone who, uh, uh, essentially reported into my dad, but was only about uh, 15 years uh, older than me uh, and was one of the co-founders of the company with my dad, uh, uh, but had sort of lived in the U.S. and built up a couple of businesses in the U.S., uh, sold them, uh, and then started this venture with my dad. Uh, so it was cool because I got to work in sort of very close proximity to him. Uh, but that's, that's sort of how I ended up with, with my first job uh, right out of college. Uh, and that was incredible uh, because I had uh, the opportunity to 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 work uh, in an in an environment uh, that was sort of startupy because it was a small organization. Uh, uh, there was not very many people uh, in the team, uh, as well as the actual scale of it was 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 decently small at the time. Uh, and the guy that I worked for uh, uh, was was not only a partner in the business. Uh, but had essentially, uh, you know, the way it worked between him and my dad is my dad ran things uh, here uh, in India uh, and he ran things uh, in the US, which was the sort of sales and marketing uh, front end of the operation. And so it was a lot of sort of hustling. It was a lot of getting your hands dirty. Uh, you know, he would, he, we would, in the early stages, we would be receiving shipments of product into his and his wife's apartment. And then like the three of us would be shipping it out ourselves. So, but it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed that type of stuff. Um, I enjoyed the type of uh, 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 environment where uh, you're almost the lowest on the food chain, but I was also a part of the family. It was a very sort of convivial uh, atmosphere. Uh, uh, and I found, you know, I found him essentially sort of a mentor in a sense uh, uh, who was able to, to, to help me uh, uh, become a part of the organization without having to really be in my dad's uh, shadow, uh, which was pretty important to me at the time. Uh, now it's, 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 it's less important, but, but when I was right out of college, it was significant to me uh, to not be around, you know, sort of his, his space. That's fair, yeah. And when you were working here, did you still have that at the back of your mind saying, I want to start something on my own, like from those experiences from junior summer? Or did that sort of go on the back burner and you forget about yeah, it? Yeah, no, that was definitely in my mind. Uh, particularly because I knew that my time was limited. I knew that I was going to be there for a year. Uh, I, uh, again, was not keen on, on the sort of whole like visa uh, uh, rigmarole. I, I was not comfortable with the idea of having my fate be placed in someone else's hands. So I said, I know that at the end of this year, I'm going to move back to Bombay. Uh, come on me. I'm not even going to go through the, the, the application process. Uh, and so I knew that I had a definitive timeline on, on, on what I was doing. Uh, and uh, uh, we were in a position where we were trying to build the business. So this business is actually uh, uh, the business that I worked at is uh, my dad's business is an ingredient supplier to uh, food and nutrition businesses. So we, I was selling essentially 
to the equivalent of Setu today, but 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 I was selling to uh, you know amongst other companies. Uh, I don't know if you know Oli uh, is a big sort of gummy vitamins company in the U.S. Uh, Bulletproof Nutrition. We were selling to Walmart. We were selling to uh, Whole Foods. We were selling to Amazon's private label. Um, uh, and so that was a hugely enriching experience because it gave me uh, exposure, uh, of course, to the market, uh, to the to the U.S. market, which is which is you know, the widest and sort of the deepest uh, uh, market that you can find in the world, particularly in, in consumer healthcare and consumer goods. Um, and so that 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 was sort of the the recurring the recurring thing in my mind the whole time I was there is is what can I take from here. Uh, that I can uh, practically apply back home and, and try to do something cool and different. Yeah. And so that's presumably how the idea for Save You came about? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, 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 the thought uh, behind it was sort of that um, my, my, my view uh, at the time and, and, and still largely remains true uh, is that the, uh, the consumer healthcare space in India and, and uh, uh, the distinction I'm making is, of course, uh, leaving, leaving prescription uh, and prescription products out of the mix entirely, pharmaceuticals. Uh, but the consumer healthcare space in India uh, was either, uh, is typ- has typically historically been either the domain of big pharma uh, mm-hmm. or big food. Um, so when I say big pharma, it's either, you know, uh, a, a, a sun pharma that has uh, revital as one of, 2,000 products in their portfolio um, uh, uh, that's, that's sort of just filler for them. It's, you know, it's just fluff. It's not significant to them. Uh, uh, and, and big food, uh, you know, is, is products like Horlicks and Boost and Complan, which are positioned as being better for you products, but the fact of the matter is they're not really better for you products. Um, and then, you know, so the Ayurveda was sort of somewhere in that in that in between, in, in, in the nether zone of, of, of these two companies, of these two big spaces, big food and big farm. Um, and it was all very traditional, right? It was either uh, a doctor prescribes a product uh, uh, and, and a customer fills a prescription, and then they will blindly take whatever the doctor tells them to take. They may not even know that they're taking a multivitamin because they're just filling a prescription. It looks like they're taking a simple tablet. And they consume it every day and that's it. Life goes on. They're not even really aware or awoke to the fact that they're supplementing, so to speak. Uh, uh, or, you know, it's mass market. It's big advertising. It's big distribution. Uh, you know, you need to be this, the size or the scale of a GSK or a Unilever or a you know, you know, company like that to be able to really build a, a sizable brand in this, in this category. And my feeling was that that uh, there's something fundamentally wrong about that, uh, uh, and of course, you know, the rise of uh, direct-to-consumer brands uh, uh, globally uh, uh, sort of led me to believe that 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 we would we would be on a similar trajectory uh, in a matter of time, uh, that people would be more interested in engaging with brands directly. Uh, they would be interested in engaging with sort of brands that have a story, with brands that have a face, uh, uh, not with some you know distant large uh, corporate entity that that is not really necessarily creating products for your best interests. Um, uh, and so that was sort of the thought uh, behind coming up with Situ at the time, uh, which was to say that you know there has to be some way 
that's that's on one side in terms of the positioning. On the other side, also the reality of the product, right? Um, uh, the whole category was completely, I would say, uh, and continues to be largely uh, under uh, innovated in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all multivitamins look the same. Yeah. Uh, 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 all, you know, Holic Boost, Compline, they all look the same. Um, uh, there was never really a sort of challenger a brand or a challenger, a set of challenger brands in the category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was the genesis for the idea. And I think since then, uh, to not, not to say too credit, but to the credit of, of, of other entrepreneurs like us, uh, there has been a, a proliferation of brands that are challengers to big food and to big pharma and to, you know, skincare and all of that. Uh, and so I really think since we started and we, you know, we were probably one of the, one of the earlier ones, uh, but there were a lot that started in this sort of 2014 to 2018 uh, timeframe uh, that have, that have seriously uh, taken on uh, the leaders in the space uh, through differentiated product uh, and through, you know, focusing on a differentiated channel, primarily, uh, if not always uh, e-commerce or direct-to-consumer channels. Uh, and so I knew that if we wanted to do, there was no way we were going to be able to do something different uh, by, by creating a radically different set of products and trying to take it to the same chemist or the same distributor that all of these guys are going. Mm-hmm. We had to be able to do it uh, through a different channel. That's, that's of course, where, uh, where online comes into play. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely becoming because I think more and more every time I come home, I see more people on the street like cycling or running. And I think people are definitely becoming more aware of what yep. is in their body and how they're treating themselves. And I think part of it has to do with, like you said, the proliferation and, and companies like Setu that make people aware. And I think something that, that I found on, on one of your previous interviews was that a challenge that you guys face is making people more aware of, of these supplements and yep. that kind of... Um, marketing specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, there are, there are a whole set of factors and it, what you're saying is right as well, right? It's sort of self-fulfilling, right? Because the brands are putting money behind it. So it becomes uh, something that's, that's in the consumer's mind. Uh, but by and large, the things that are, are driving it are, are probably, I would say, uh, of course, uh, this whole sort of transition to investing in preventive health uh, 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 and you know, COVID only accelerates that transition. I don't want to talk too much about it because I think it's sort of overdone also a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's one big thing. The other big thing is that the cost of healthcare and the cost of private health, private healthcare in India, uh, used to be cheap. It's not cheap anymore. Um, uh, particularly private healthcare, of course, our public healthcare infrastructure is so poor, uh, that, that, that private healthcare is able to able to you know manipulate prices uh, so heavily uh, that uh, uh, what that does is 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 it is it definitely incentivizes people to start to look for more uh, preventive uh, 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 for more preventive sort of solutions uh, and then the other big one which is you know a global trend uh, uh, is the sort of rise of natural as they call it right and the rise of uh, uh, the rise of dominant ingredients uh, sort of into the mainstream discourse, things like, you know, curcumin uh, or turmeric, uh, things like, uh, you know, ashwagandha, uh, of course, the whole CBD trend in the US, uh, apple cider vinegar, things like this that have sort of, that have sort of flipped the, the, the switch uh, and sort of made people sit up and, and you know, take note 
Uh, the irony is that most of these products come from India and we export and we sell them to the world, uh, uh, which is what we were doing in my dad's business. And the whole time, my sort of thought was, you know, people in the US are willing to pay top dollar for this stuff. Why are people in India not willing to pay top dollar for it? Uh, and so that, that's, you know, that's also part of the reason why uh, we, we went down the road of setting up Setu as a direct-to-consumer venture focused on the Indian market. So what was that process like? You had this idea and you said, okay, there's a, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to go fill yeah. it. And so yeah. how did you start to, I guess, even develop these vitamins? Because presumably there's a lot of scientific knowledge that goes behind it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to be fair, you know, it was one of those things where, and, and I've talked about this before in a, in a couple of conversations, it was one of those things where, uh, uh, like I said before, you know, I sort of, I sort of, my family is the sort of family where it's not every, they don't want everyone in the same, uh, uh, they don't want everyone to be involved in the same business. I think that they obviously have a little bit of foresight in that sense, it's a smarter thing to do to not have everyone involved in the same sort of sphere. Uh, so my dad was very pushy about it from day one, um, which of course was hugely helpful uh, because it gave me access then uh, by virtue of all the work that we'd done at my dad's company at OmniActives give me access to their R&D platforms It give me access to, you know, their customers. So I was able to have a conversation with someone at Bulletproof and say, you know, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'd love to hear more about uh, uh, your perspective on it. Uh, and so I was able to, through uh, that network, uh, uh, get access, uh, uh, not just to some R&D uh, uh, expertise, uh, to, largely to some R&D and product expertise. Um, and so we had a consultant that worked with us, uh, who was based in, in, in LA, uh, as well as a team on the ground here in Bombay, uh, that sort of, sort of coordinated the development of the products, uh, with, uh, you know, it's quite easy to find, uh, contract manufacturers, uh, in India today, uh, because of the scale of our pharma, our pharma industry and the scale of our food, food industry. Um, and so we would, uh, do a little bit of desktop, you know, sort of, uh, product development in the US. Uh, then my, my, my R&D guys here would sort of finish it up, uh, keep working back with the consultant in the US. And then once the sort of product concept and the process is ready, uh, you essentially just transfer that technology, transfer that technology to a manufacturer uh, and monitor uh, the first few batches. Um, and then from there, it's, it's a fairly seamless process. So uh, uh, not rocket, not, not insanely complicated. Um, uh, of course, one of the things you have to keep a tight eye on is the Indian law and the Indian regulation. Uh, what does it allow for? What ingredients does it permit for? In what quantities? Uh, one of the things that's interesting in our space is that uh, in India, vitamins uh, in minerals have, have preposterously low uh, recommended dietary allowance. Uh, so in India, uh, the actual RDA for vitamin C is 40 milligrams. Mm -hmm. uh, which is nothing in the US. There isn't an RDA. Uh, they don't even have, you know, the concept of an RDA doesn't exist. They have the concept of, you know, there's a safe upper limit, uh, mm -hmm. and beyond that, you know, it's it's entirely up to the customer to decide how much they want to take. Uh, Indian regulation is a lot more sort of like very like nanny state type of regulation where it's like, you know, you should take this and you should do this uh, as against leaving leaving it to the customer. Uh, but those, I mean, all of those sorts of challenges are addressable. Uh, and the product development process uh, is not a crazy long-winded process. It can take about six to eight months. Uh, uh, and that's at you know, the most. Uh, it can take about six to eight months uh, before you have 
um, at least like a pilot batch or a pilot concept. Right? And then once you guys had that pilot batch, um, after all of that, was it challenging to make, because when you guys started, you were one of the first companies that was yeah. doing this. Um, in terms of educating the customer, were there challenges there? Did you guys have like an instant demand for this product? No, definitely not. Uh, it, was, uh, it was very difficult and it was extremely expensive. Um, one, of our, one, of, one of the things that we thought when we uh, decided to take the digital route is that it will not be uh, crazy expensive because you can keep a tight handle uh, on your return on investment, essentially, particularly on, on ad spend. Uh, but what we found is just we were spent we were we were throwing crazy amounts of money behind trying to create you know awareness uh, around the category and the products and really not able to um, um, really not able to uh, generate uh, demand uh, sort of commensurate to the amount that we were spending. Uh, a part of that was also I think a, a factor of the product choices that we made in the early days. Uh, so to give you an example uh, of what I'm trying to, trying to say, uh, when we launched, uh, we had, uh, amongst other things, we also, we, you know, some of our key products were um, uh, in what they call disease spaces. So we had a heart, we had a uh, blood pressure supplement, we had a cholesterol supplement, we had a diabetes or a blood sugar supplement. And what we very quickly realized is because, though, you know, when we started, it was sort of one of those things where you do a little bit of research. You're like, oh, cardiovascular disease is massive in India and diabetes is massive. But, but then tying that back to your product, uh, how uh, does your product solve the problem differently? It's not really, was not really a tight uh, uh, path that I would say we established. And so what we ended up doing is, is blowing a lot of money trying to explain to people uh, why this, why C2's, this diabetes or, or, or blood pressure pill is good for you. Mm -hmm. uh, competing with, you know, a massive spectrum of products ranging from a doctor prescription product to an Ayurvedic product to, uh, you know, heart healthy cooking oil, uh, because ultimately you're competing for the same wallet share, right? Uh, and so that was, that was an impossible task. Um, and so what, what, we, what we then did is, is sort of uh, refocused and said, listen, what are the real uh, categories that we can differentiate in? Uh, as well as what are the categories that are likely to uh, have a strong online buying behavior uh, mm -hmm. uh, and categories that are likely to be more relatable and a, and a less, I would say, complicated sell. Um, and that's where we came up with, uh, you know, the categories that we largely play in today, which are, um, uh, you know, amongst others, uh, beauty from within is a big one. Um, uh, for us, an interesting one is vision, uh, sort of cognition and mental health is a big, uh, big category for supplementation. Uh, things like uh, blue light protection, things like sleep, uh, stress, uh, reducing anxiety, uh, improving sort of memory and focus and concentration. Uh, that's a sort of big focus area for us. And then of course the large, the other large area for us uh, because of uh, the outside world today uh, is sort of immunity and multivitamins and sort of the general nutrition space. Um, so we were able to sort of refocus uh, our categories. These categories are a far easier set. Um, uh, they're a far easier sell because people are obviously intuitively able to associate, uh, uh, you know, nourishment with 
better skin or um, uh, better immunity. Now we've sort of been able to identify the right categories uh, as well as the right ingredients that people identify with because that's important as well. Um, as well as uh, one of the other big things we've done is focus on, focus on the form of the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we started out, we were doing tablets, capsules, and soft gels. And every time anyone in India needs to consume a tablet or capsule or soft gel, they want validation from a doctor. Yeah. Uh, we wanted nothing to do with doctors. Uh, so there was obviously an inherent sort of uh, uh, contradiction there in what we were trying to do. Uh, and so we spent a little bit of time sort of refocusing and, and orienting ourselves to you know, what are we really doing? What can we really offer? Uh, and how do we want to message? Uh, how do we want to put the messaging out? Uh, and we've had far more success since then. Of course, people still, you know, our biggest challenge still is everyone wants to know uh, what, what am I taking? Or first, you know, what should I be taking? Uh, which is where if you take a look at our website now, we've built out a quiz and a sort of recommendation tool that gives you a recommendation of what you should be taking. Uh, how long should I be taking it for? Uh, what outcome should I expect? Uh, and how soon should I expect that outcome? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are sort of the key questions. Beyond, of course, what is this? What's in it? And, and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and so those are the kind of key questions that we're trying to address uh, uh, now. Uh, Given uh, that we're largely online, we're able to do that because we're able to be a lot more high touch with our customers. So all of those sort of types of things are what we're trying to fold into the the experience a lot more now. Yeah, I definitely think that 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 actually makes a lot of sense because I'm I'm thinking back to when I started to take supplements when I was younger as an athlete, I was feeling super run down. And so my got a nutritionist on our team um, and she like gave us a whole bunch of recommendations and they were all the pill form. And obviously my parents panicked because they confused that pill with, okay, there's something wrong or it just, you also think of illness or disease. It's a totally different. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And now become more with the idea of supplements and value and stuff like that. So no, I totally agree with you in terms of, in terms of like your own entrepreneurial psychology in the initial days when you started with those products and it wasn't working as well as say is right now, how did you, deal with those moments and say, okay, no, there's still a space and we're still going to be successful. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that part of it, uh, was having clarity that no matter what, uh, we were clarity between at least my dad and I, that no matter what, uh, no matter what bumps, uh, uh, come up in the road, we want to build uh, a direct to consumer, uh, brand, uh, for supplements in the Indian market. Uh, and as long as you're aligned on that, uh, then whatever comes in the way is sort of just, you know, uh, I guess roadkill maybe, right? Um, so uh, uh, given that we were clear on that, obviously, it was di- you know, it can be disheartening. Uh, uh, but uh, 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 I think, you know, the eternal struggle for, for, for any entrepreneur is to just keep reiterating and, and getting that product market fit, you know, nailed on. And it's never, you know, it's never complete, or I guess maybe sometimes it's complete, uh, but it's never really complete, right? It's a, it's, it's once you get somewhere, you have to, you got to keep moving and stay ahead of the competition. Uh, and so uh, we knew that it would, it would take us some time. We know that it'll still take us some time. Well, you know, we know in your, where we want to be in terms of our, our scale and our, and our reach and our, and our brand recognition. Uh, 
uh, and we recognize it will take time and, and, and it requires a bit of patience. And so that, that was, um, uh, you know, I guess it, it boils down to the fact that you have to have, back, you have, to have backers that, that believe in you and, and you think that you can do that, uh, and go that distance. And I was fortunate enough to have that, uh, at least so far. Uh, we'll see how it goes over the next few years. Did you ever feel as like a young entrepreneur, you weren't taken as seriously because you were young and how did you make your voice heard if you did have any of those moments where? No, definitely. I think, uh, well, I think it depends to be honest. Uh, I think to be fair, uh, this, the, the sort of scene today or the startup scene, if you will, is full of people, uh, my age or younger, uh, uh, that have achieved or, uh, are, are achieving a lot more. Uh, and, uh, uh, so I think, I think within the, the ecosystem, uh, you know, uh, angel investors, uh, venture capital guys, uh, you know, that whole, uh, spectrum, I don't think there's any sort of, uh, ageism, uh, you know, that comes into play, uh, where you do see it a little bit more, uh, and I, frankly, I wouldn't even be exposed to it if, if, if I wasn't, uh, around my dad's business. Uh, that's where you see it a little bit more, right? Uh, that's a far more mature and scaled business. Um, uh, you know, they're on their own trajectory. Uh, and so far, we've been a subsidiary of that business. So every time there's a conversation relating to their business, there's also a conversation related, relating to, to us and what we're doing and, and, and how are we achieving against goals and targets and what's our, our sort of five-year vision and stuff like that. And always then you're sort of treated as an also ran, right? But, 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 but that's expected because, you know, you know, we're, we're a, a three crore revenue business uh, that's trying to go places and there are six, you know, 600 crore revenue business that's already gone places. Uh, and, and the people that are invested there, the people that they work with there um, are at a far different scale. Uh, uh, and, and for us, it's a different story. But, but, but what I also have found is um, uh, as, long as, uh, as long as you as an entrepreneur me as an entrepreneur have a close handle on things and, and know what we're doing uh, and, are, and are confident and sort of, sort of committed and no nonsense. I feel a lot of times, this is something I did in the early days as well. You can be a little bit more maybe submissive than you should be. Uh, uh, I think as long as you go in with you know, a certain swagger and an arrogance, of course you need to balance it with humility and, and know when you're, you're completely wrong. Um, uh, but if you can go into things with a certain uh, sort of, uh, I guess, headstrong attitude, then people will sort of step back and be like, okay, this guy's serious, you know, and he knows what he's talking about. Um, uh, and I found that it's not, that's not difficult to come by, definitely not difficult to come by in the, in the startup space uh, in India. It's an incredible, it's, it's a completely incredible ecosystem. Uh, the, the, there are some really good uh, venture capital funds. There are some really good angels out there. Uh, and obviously some, you know, really spectacular companies that are being built by people again, you know, as young as, you know, as old as you, I would say younger than me. Um, uh, and, and so as long as you know what you're doing and as long as your talk is about your business and you know what you're talking about when it comes to your business, people will take you seriously, whether you're you know, 22 or you're, you're 65. Yeah, definitely. I think. That's really good advice in terms of being able to just know what you're talking about and, and have at least preemptively have a lot of the answers 
in some yeah way. and it's not even you don't have to know it all right it's about like in most businesses you, there are like four or five like key metrics that you need to chase uh, uh, you know and if you're if you're on the ball on those um, uh, then immediately you know it's not tough to to, to, to gain the respect of you know uh, any of anyone actually. sure and now as your as your business is is rapidly expanding and like obviously you're in the trenches every day other times like what do you do to gain perspective sometimes and look at the bigger like bigger picture if it's a hard day at work and you're like i don't know yeah. what going what do you do how do you get yourself yeah uh, i think what's i think what's what's nice and what's definitely important to keep in mind uh, and helps uh, not uh, take uh, things too seriously is to make sure that you have the right people uh, uh, working with you, right? Uh, uh, and when I say with you, I'm not talking about like the whole organization, uh, but at least your sort of leadership team or your top team or whatever people call them, uh, making sure that, that, that you have people in there that can sort of keep things in perspective. Uh, and particularly when you're younger, I think it helps to have people that are even a little bit older. Uh, so my CEO uh, and my C, uh, my chief marketing officer, as well as my CTO are all uh, in the 35 to 45 age uh, and I'm 28. Um, uh, so it does help massively to have them because these are people, you know, that have kids and have been through, you know, probably a lot more in their lives. And so in, even in every little crisis related to work, uh, are able to sort of retain a sense of perspective. Um, the other thing that helps me massively is my, is my, is my dad as well. Um, uh, who, uh, you know, has been through, through, through a couple of businesses in his, in his entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you know, very high highs, but also very low lows, uh, and and has always been uh, almost annoyingly positive through all of it. Uh, so that's always you know inspiration uh, uh, to look up to look up to as well. Um, uh, but but it, but it's interesting because I think the more you talk to people, it really just boils down to having conversations with people and like hearing their perspective on on challenges that they've been through, and that's when you start to realize like, oh my god, this thing that I think is massive. Maybe it's not really you know that much to worry about, and the big team is in some respect. This actually leads in really well to like the last part or the last few questions that I had was about your mission to make India, I guess, healthier in some ways. Sure. And it seems like again, I don't know a lot, but it seems like we're pretty underinsured. Like you mentioned earlier, healthcare is more expensive now, so yep. obviously investing in preventative healthcare is important. So yeah. For someone who hasn't ever taken a nutrition supplement or doesn't know too much, like what is your go-to or how should one start to become more, how can someone become more, um, what's the word, empowered about their own health? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. It's obviously a tough question to answer. I think that, um, I think that what's important to us, uh, uh, you know, what's important to us, I would say, is not... Uh, uh, maybe not necessarily this 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 sort of grand vision of 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 democratizing uh, you know healthcare and making it more more accessible and 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 uh, uh, and that type of thing. Uh, I think what's important to us is 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 to is to make people realize that um, that your you know that 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 the the likely incidence of you falling ill uh, or uh, 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 you know being being unhealthy. All of that boils down to ultimately uh, choices, right? And 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 lifestyle choices, uh, primarily around uh, uh, diet and nutrition, uh, exercise, uh, as well as sleep. 
Um, and if you were to break it down really simply, you know, those would be the three keywords. Uh, if those three are things that you can, uh, you can be in control of, uh, uh, more likely than not, uh, you're not going to have significant health issues uh, through your life. Um, uh, I actually just, I, I think I told you last week that I actually just recovered from uh, COVID uh, uh, and I was completely fine through the whole thing. Uh, and I'm, I mean, it may, may, it's probably anecdotal, it may, may not be true, but I'm convinced it's because the two and a half months in the run up to COVID through lockdown, to before I had COVID, I was working out five days a week. Uh, my lungs were, were clean. My lungs were clear. I felt incredible. I was only drinking on weekends. I was only consuming sugar on weekends. Um, all like little things. Uh, but I felt, I, you know, I felt almost invincible. Uh, and I was, I was fortunately fine um, uh, uh, in, in a large part of it, presumably because I felt like I was really strong going into it. I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty bad infection for some people. Uh, and I really didn't, didn't have it too bad at all. Um, and I'm convinced it's because of the choices I made in the buildup, you know, in the, in, in the time building up to when I fell in. Um, and so I think, that, I think that that pretty much holds true you know, India has the highest incidence of non-communicable disease deaths in the world. Uh, uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes. Uh, of course, there are you know others as well that are that are far bigger public health emergencies, uh, but are communicable diseases, you know, things like TB and stuff like that. That are, that are massive challenges. Uh, but uh, you know, things like vitamin deficiencies, uh, things like um, uh, uh, things like uh, uh, ensuring you get adequate. A protein intake, uh, uh, ensuring you, you get adequate fiber intake, um, uh, things like that are, are, are you know, really the basics. Uh, and, and, and what we feel is that for too long, uh, 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 you know, Indians and us as a broader community and a nation have placed our, our, our health in the hands of uh, doctors. Uh, 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 doctors don't know anything about nutrition. Uh, uh, the sad reality uh, is that they don't know anything about nutrition. They're not supposed to know anything about nutrition. Um, uh, their express and intent job uh, is to address uh, issues as they come along. It's not to keep you well. Uh, it's to help you out when you're ill. Um, and for too long, we have treated doctors as, uh, you know, the people that are responsible for keeping us uh, uh, healthy, keeping, you know, preventing disease. Uh, increase, you know, uh, allowing us to improve our daily performance, allowing us to, you know, and that's where we feel uh, direct-to-consumer, uh, uh, you know, direct-to-consumer brands like ourselves come in because uh, nutrition and, and supplementary nutrition is about those two things. It's not about curing an illness. It's about preventing uh, illnesses and it's about, and, and more importantly in today's day and age in the 21st century, it's about improving uh, your daily state we call it almost improving your daily state of performance, right? The whole concept of performance and performance nutrition is largely understood in, in the sports context. That isn't necessarily true. I mean, I need to be able to, uh, I need to be able to concentrate all day. I need to be able to process information faster. I need to be able to uh, not, not fall asleep in the middle of a work day. Uh, I need to be well rested to be able to do all of these things. Um, uh, and, and, and that's where we see ourselves as playing a role. Uh, we don't see that as being something that doctors or big pharma or even big food, frankly, uh, have an interest, uh, in trying to solve. 
Um, uh, and that's really, you know, that's really where we feel we can make a difference. Uh, uh, that's why uh, you oftentimes find in some of our public material and our information out there that we're talking about staying out of the doctor's clinic. These are decisions that have to be made outside of the doctor's clinic. These are decisions that have to be made by you uh, or me based on what you, what you read, uh, based on your critical interpretation uh, of the information that's out there. Um, uh, and I firmly believe that both as a consumer and as an owner. Uh, 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 that it has to boil down to you using your critical faculties to decide, okay, this is good for me or this is not good for me. I trust these guys. I don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, anyone that believes uh, a doctor, uh, for example, doesn't have a, you know, a financial interest in a product that they're prescribing to you, anyone that wants to believe that is frankly a fool, right? Um, uh, and so I really think that, that, that um, for us, it's about, uh, I guess getting people to open their eyes in a sense and be uh, aware and be informed uh, and be uh, be sort of critical. Uh, ask your, you know push back when your doctor tells you to take something. Ask him why, uh, what is it? What does it actually mean for me? Why this? Why not another one? Um, uh, until we start to ask those sort of critical questions about our own health, our own wellness, uh, we're always going to place trust, uh, you know, blind trust. Uh, in, uh, in, in biased parties, and, you know, that's not necessarily going to have the best outcomes for us. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that was maybe a little bit long winded and didn't necessarily directly answer your question. Um, uh, but it is, it, that's the message that, that we're trying to send. And that's the message that I'm passionate about. Yeah, for sure. No, it, I, I definitely think you answered the question. I think a lot of what you said rings true, especially in the first part, you mentioned, um, the fact that people don't fully understand the, the power that a nutritional supplement can add to their life. And I, yep. I mean, again, this is only one person as my personal experience, but I don't think you fully understand that you're performing less than optimal on whatever, whether that's sure. academic job performance, or even in just your relationships until you actually take that supplement and you fix the imbalance. And then you, yep. Oh my God, now I'm playing at like the highest level. Yeah. 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 And in terms of making a choice, yeah, I definitely agree that until you decide that, okay, I'm going to take control over my health and ask these questions, no amount of, I mean, I guess you can take the horse to the water, right? But after that, you have to make a choice. Yep. This is my health. This is my life. I don't want to, um, I don't want to play games with it. And I'm going to make the best choice and be informed. And, and I see yep. that thing and that makes me really excited about the future. Yep. Um, I would yeah, concur I, with that. I think it's definitely, uh, uh, we find it's a trend uh, uh, that's on the rise. Um, um, and again, it's important, it's important to be clear on what you are and what you're not, right? Uh, we are not, uh, we are looking to solve issues, uh, you know, things like energy, uh, fatigue, uh, uh, you know, again, we're looking to solve issues that can be addressed through non-drug solution. I'm not talking about, you know, I, and there are people out here that do that. I'm not talking about using curcumin to solve you know, turmeric to solve cancer, right? We're, we're keeping it simple. We're talking about the fact that curcumin has immense uh, immunomodulatory benefits. So it has incredible anti-inflammatory benefits and it's great for, for joints. And, and most Indian women at some stage in their life have osteoarthritis. So it can help resolve symptoms of osteoarthritis. It can help prevent the onset of osteoarthritis. Um, uh, but we're not looking to solve, you know, crazy problems. There are, there are specialists 
there are people that know how to solve those problems and there are molecules that need to be specifically engineered or created in a lab to solve those problems. Um, uh, we're keeping it sim pretty simple. We're talking about prevention and performance and that's it. Um, and so I think that's, that's pretty important to what, what we do and what we're trying. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great note to end on is to try and prevent um, and try to perform better um, yeah. on every like possible scale.